check, 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 check. All right, let me just announce, I no longer have any COVID opinions. Nope, I'm done. I don't have any new thoughts about COVID-19. I don't have any new revelations about how I feel about vaccines and mandates and masks. I'm just going with the fucking flow. I'm just going with the flow and the flow is weird. But little news. As of today, the indoor mask mandate in California is over. So I just went into Safeway without a mask. It's my freedom as an American. I went into Safeway to buy diapers without a mask. And it was kind of busy and everyone was in a mask. And I thought to myself, wait, did I get the date wrong? Am I allowed to do this? And I kept doing it. Well, I didn't have a mask, so I just kept on shopping without a mask. And anytime somebody walked by, I held my breath. That's all I did. I held my breath. I genuinely convinced myself that if I just (gasps) hold your breath as this infected person, this clearly infected person walks by you in the aisle, you will not contract COVID if you just, (gasps) I'm going to hold my breath and shop for baby food and diapers. The hell is happening to me? I got all brave and then I got all scared in there. I'm going in without a mask and then I'm doing the old hold your breath defense. As dumb as that sounds, you know it wouldn't be that crazy if the CDC just came out and said, we're going to go with the hold your breath method. H-Y-B, hold your breath. And we're going to install this in public spaces like plazas and concourses. It'll be on the news. It'll be on T-shirts. It'll start a debate on message boards. I'm against H-Y-B. I don't want to hold my breath. The amount of new defenses... It's just going to become humor. Can we laugh a little bit about how dumb we've sounded for the last two years? I mean, there's been a lot of great scientific breakthroughs, but there's been a world record amount of dumb comments, including the one you just heard. I held my breath at Safeway to defend myself instead of just wearing a damn mask still. And the schools still have to wear masks. The students are still in masks. And I asked them all today. I asked all my classes. I said, it's a safe zone. We could be honest in here. No bullying, no judgment. If they lift the mask mandate in this school, who is still going to wear a mask? 99% of my students raised their hand. I didn't even ask, what's the reason? But most teens at the school I work at, at least the classes I teach, they said, yeah, we'll still wear it throughout the rest of the year. I said, okay. But what about me? I don't know. I don't know. If you gave me the green light to take off that mask and keep teaching... It's pretty enticing, but I also don't want to come back with anything else like a common cold or the flu or malaria, which is going around. So I don't know. I don't have answers, but I like to explore when my freedoms are returning to me. Ho, oh, holy shit. It's kind of confusing because most of these teens are like, we're still going to party without masks on the weekends and play sports. By the way, varsity basketball, they just wear the masks on their chin. That's not a joke. I went to a game this year. They make them wear masks, but not on their face. They just dangle them on their chin. We're doing some dumb shit. We are doing some dumb shit. We're letting people into restaurants. Can you just wear a mask at the hostess stand and wear a mask as you walk to your table and then take off the mask? Uh, Okay, did we just stop COVID? Yeah, I think we stopped COVID. 
right, enough of that. Who cares? Pandemic talk. It's tired. It's tired. I'm going from a ton of absences from kids who have been sick to a ton of absences to the kids who say, I'm going on a college touring trip. I'm going to miss the next three days. I'm going on a college touring trip. I'm just going to scout some schools with my parents. We're going on a road trip. We're going to go see Oregon State. We're going to go see Colorado and Boise State. We're going to go down south and see San Diego State. We're going to go to UCLA. I'm going to be gone. And we're going to go look at colleges. And I go, oh, wow, that's cool. I mean, you're going to have fun. But what are you really going to learn? You're not evaluating education. You go on a college trip. You're really just looking at the party scene or the social scene, or I guess the weather. What are you looking at? I went on one college tour for 20 minutes with my mom. I walked through San Diego State for 20 minutes before we bounced to get lunch elsewhere because it was just like, all right, those are buildings, and that's a building where a teacher teaches, and that's a library. It's like, okay, it's sunny in San Diego. You can find beer on all the campuses, even BYU, I bet. College trips sound so fun, and it's a trend. Back in my day, we weren't taking trips all over the country with our families. It's a cool bonding experience. And there's more and more parents who are just willing to take their kids out of school for a few days. I get all that. Have fun. Go see some campuses. But this whole idea like, I'm evaluating the business program over at Dartmouth versus Florida State. It's like, no, you're not. There's shitty teachers and good teachers at every school in America. That is one fact of education. At every school, there's some really good teachers and some really shitty teachers. I don't care how much tuition is. From junior colleges to Ivy League colleges and universities beyond. You pay what you pay. But does the town suit you? You comfortable? I guess that's what you're looking for. I had to be pushed to apply to schools. I loved my senior year of high school so much, I thought it was just going to last for 20 years. I remember towards February, March, April... May, my mom's like, uh, you know, you have to leave the house and continue, continue your life. A little nudge. Hey, wake up. So I applied to, I think, the University of Oregon, Arizona, San Diego State. Maybe that's it. Maybe a few schools. Then eventually I just committed to San Diego State. I don't really know why. I don't have a great reason. Like I really appreciated the orientation And I thought the provost was very insightful and the dean certainly had the type of wisdom I was drawn to. No, who gives a shit? I was 17 years old when I graduated high school. I didn't know anything, but I do know that when I arrived, it was fun. It was fun. I'd be lying if I gave you any advice on the academics of San Diego State. Well, you want to have this professor? I don't remember. But I remember nobody from my high school My freshman year, went to San Diego State. It was just me, lone man on a mission. Drove down from San Rafael to San Diego with my dad, and we stopped in L.A. We stopped at Dodger Stadium for a game. And Dodger Stadium's great. Even though I was raised through intense indoctrination to hate those Dodgers, that's a fun scene. Daytime game, we got good seats. I remember vividly, it was the first time I heard walk-up music. Gary Sheffield was on the Dodgers. Gary Sheffield was as cool as cool could be. For a professional athlete, he was always just smooth, super talented, obviously, but a cool motherfucker. 
You could just tell he commanded respect in every clubhouse, in every dugout. And he was on the Dodgers for the stint of his career. And I was sitting there, maybe like row five, pretty close. And I'm watching him in the on-deck circle. And I remember vividly the song they played because I had never heard the song before. And it was a remix. Craig Mack. Craig Mack featuring Frank Sinatra. I was not even into Frank yet. It was a song called Wooden Horse. And you'll recognize High Hopes by Frank Sinatra at the beginning. But I didn't know any Sinatra. So I'm just hearing this like, what is a rubber tree? What? What am I hearing? And Gary looked like a god when he strutted up to the plate as this song was playing. It just seemed like slow-mo. It just seemed like movie shit was happening. Anytime you're getting low, instead of letting go, just remember that ant. Oops, there goes another rubber tree plant. Oops, there goes another rubber tree. Oops, there goes another rubber tree plant. Oops, there goes another rubber tree. Now, I came to rock. I came to move the crowd. I came to scream it out loud. No other choice. This is about new voice. Can't wait to sit in my new Rolls Royce. You soft and moist. Sweet like cake. Don't be scared to lie down in the bedroom. Making if you fake. I'm like Alexander the Great. How sick is that? How wonderful is walk-up music? When you got the right song, you set the mood, you set the tone. I remember people were dancing in the crowd. It was a daytime game, interleague game against the Mariners with big Richie Sexton at first base. You remember Richie Sexton? He was like seven foot seven. Sheffield takes about 12 minutes to get up to the plate. And why not? And why the fuck not? They gave me many millions to fill these seats. Let's put on a show. That's sports today. Let's just put on a show. The Super Bowl? I think I watched 12% of the plays. When you have kids, it gets distracting. Watch the Super Bowl halftime show on YouTube later that night where everybody my age has the same conversation. Oh, they're still good. Look at Snoop. He's still good. Oh, (laughs) look at Dre. He's still good. Oh, there he is, Eminem. Man, Eminem's still good. We all have the same conversation. Like, can we just keep the halftime show going? This works. The set was great. It's also funny to think how many people throughout America are like, God damn it, this is awful. Bring back the who. It's like the first halftime show where I remember just straight hip-hop. Am I right? Is that the first rap halftime show we've ever had? And it was uh, so damn good, so you better continue it. I love how critical people get about halftime shows and Super Bowl ads. Enough. Just sit back, eat a lot, and enjoy. What was I talking about? Kids on college trips. There it is. I guess I don't have a point. I guess I just wanted to talk about Gary Sheffield's walk-up music. Hey, kids, have fun on your college trips. They always ask me, what am I going to miss in your class? My family's taking me on a college tour. What am I going to miss? Well, here's this assignment, but I don't recreate my entire class for you individuals. So anytime you're getting low, instead of letting go, just remember that ant. Oops, there goes another rubber tree. I don't have a clue what a rubber tree plant is. It haunts me. Lyrics that don't make sense to me. Like, I don't know these words. What are they saying? I don't forget them. A rubber tree plant. And just remember that ant. What am I missing? 
Someone help. What am I missing? Don't Google it. High hopes, Frank Sinatra. The fuck's he talking about? Hey, old blue eyes, put down the martini and analyze these lyrics with me. What are you talking about? I don't get it. Do you realize how much propaganda we were fed? Hey, children of the 80s with your G.I. Joe figurines. Your Captain America sheets. Hey, children of the 80s with all of our military movies. All that subtle propaganda making our military look like heroes. And they are. Cast a good-looking white guy to play your military hero in a Hollywood film. All the military ads, do you remember some of these Marines ads? It was like a guy with a sword fighting a monster and then the monster just kind of dissolves into sand. Join the Marines. And you just go, yeah. Hell yeah. Be all that you could be. The ad campaigns, and I say for the 80s, it's probably still that way. Although I don't have many memories of watching military ads, but the movies, the video games, it was all just like really powerful, solid, influential propaganda. Those are our heroes. They defend our freedoms. Much love. And I was discussing propaganda with my students because we were talking about all these dictators like Stalin and Mussolini and Hitler. The many forms of controlling your people. Propaganda to make yourself look really good. And I couldn't shake the thought of right after 9-11. And I don't know if this was propaganda. It might have been propaganda. But it was like when propaganda falls flat. Right after 9-11. Do you remember how sad the country was? Then immediately after the attacks, you see all this footage of the Taliban and Al-Qaeda. All these terrorist organizations just celebrating like it's new year's eve in the streets celebrating yeah we got them we got those americans and then you kept watching the news for like weeks and weeks and weeks and they kept showing footage of the taliban or al-qaeda on monkey bars and doing somersaults on a big sandy desert do you remember this shit think about the contrast We're talking about heroic propaganda, making yourself look strong. And then the Taliban and Al-Qaeda releasing these videos of the guys on the monkey bars in the sandy desert. And some of them were doing somersaults and then getting back on the monkey bars. I remember watching the news with my buddy Rick and we were like, wait, we can't laugh right now. This is a sad time. You know that feeling where you're like, we can't laugh right now. This is too sad. But what's up with the monkey bars? Who set up the monkey bars? Were they getting stronger? Was that an intimidation video? Monkey bars into a somersault in a sandy desert and then release that, release the tape so the world could see we're coming. I was like, don't laugh. Don't laugh. Nothing's funny right now. And that's when things get funnier. When you tell your brain, don't laugh right now. Don't laugh. You know the feeling. You've been in church. You've been in a classroom. You've been in synagogue. Don't laugh. Don't get the giggles. Oh, okay. They're doing the monkey bars. I don't even know if it was propaganda. But me personally, if I was ever trying to prove my strength, I don't think I'd release a video of myself doing monkey bars into a somersault in a sandy desert. I just don't think so. Maybe doing some curls in the mirror, shirt off. The fuck were they accomplishing? I don't know. The fuck am I talking about? I also don't know, but you made it this far. So let's just ride this wave. Let's just roll with this bad boy. 
You know the amount of people I say hello to that don't say hello back to me? It's become a mystery. I just walk around this high school campus. Hey, hey, how are you? Nothing. Sometimes a head nod. Might even be in my own neighborhood. Walking down the street. Hi there. Nothing. At the park. Hey, hey, how's it going? Nothing. Doesn't happen every time, but it happens a little more than it used to. And I finally solved it. Oh, I solved it. My detective work led me to AirPods. Oh, so I can't see that you're listening to music. You're not that rude, right? I tend to believe that people are good naturally. It's my philosophy. I think people are born good. And it's their shitty experiences that turn them into shitty people. Shitty environment turns you into shitty people. Or maybe you persevere and rise above because you have the self-awareness to learn. I got to make some changes and I don't want to just be hurt inside. I want to learn how to positively deal with this turmoil. So I think there's a lot of good people around society who would say hi back to me if they didn't have these AirPods in. Now, earbuds, you see that they're in. Earbuds have the string, have the wire, and I like that. But AirPods, I don't own them. AirPods, enough with these. I don't like them. This is the part of the podcast where I sound like the old guy pointing at new technology and saying, no, no, fuck no. But AirPods, we're not even going to have actual human interaction because you need to pause it to say what's up. I don't want to delay a normal exchange of, hey, how are you? Hey, good. How you doing? I don't want you to have to stop and go, wait, what? Oh, sorry, my AirPods are in, but my hair or my hat is over my ears and you can't see that. And you weren't letting me just have my isolated moment in solitude. We should know. It's the bare minimum requirements of being a human on this planet. We should know when someone is preoccupied. But now we don't. Now we don't. Like I would never just walk up to somebody in a payphone booth. You know, all the payphone booths you see. And just say, hey, how are you? Wouldn't do it, but I don't see your AirPods. I don't see all the little technology that people are strapped into nowadays. Thanks, Apple, the Apple Watch. The Apple Watch? You're not just checking the time. God, I would never want an Apple Watch, nor would I want Alexa, or I don't want any of this shit, but Apple Watch, you're not just checking the time, you're checking texts, or you're clicking like on someone's homemade chili photo, or you're scrolling on Craigslist looking for an end table or some shit. How small and hidden do devices need to be before we're all just floating in our own isolated orbit, pretending to be a community or pretending to be a community? God, do I sound angry? I'm actually not. I'm good. But everyone's got something in their ears now. And now you got something on your wrist now. And you got something in your pocket now. So if old Rosenberg is traipsing through the streets, great use of traipsing, by the way. So if old Rosenberg is traipsing through campus, hey, how are you with that jovial demeanor and I'm getting nothing in return? It's not their fault. They're not bad people. They're just locked into the pods and the eye touch and the eye this and the eye watch and the eye that and the device 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 and the device. I mean, shit. Steve Wozniak, you're a genius, but you didn't expect this, did you? Did you? You created a monster, and no one wants to see Wozniak no more. They want Shady, your chopped liver. But if that is what you want, then that is what I'll give you. 
Sorry, I'm trying to do some Eminem lyrics right now. It's not working. I need my wife when it comes to Eminem lyrics. Did I mention that about my wife? She knows Eminem lyrics and all Family Guy references. Hey, we have fun. Oh, boy, we have fun. All right, what's the number one thing I say on this show? What's the number one thing I say on this damn podcast? I say it's a safe zone, so we're allowed to say some things. It's a safe zone. You ready for this? I don't think I'm a classic baby person. I have a baby who turns eight months tomorrow. I love that baby. But other babies? Your baby? It's probably cute, and I love that you love your baby. I really do. But I've noticed there are some people in society that really love babies. I'd say one out of 17, no, one out of 27 people look at every baby and they just go, oh, I'm not that person. It's just so obvious that I'm not that person. I kind of wish I was. Those people in society, we all know a few, right, who are like real baby people. It's not your baby. You're not related to that baby. You just see a baby from across a restaurant and you go, oh, if I see a baby from across a restaurant, I go, please don't be a yeller or a crier or a screamer. And with my own kids, even the littlest bleep, at a restaurant, I go, we're leaving. Get the check. We're annoying everybody. Let's go. Let's go. My wife and I are trying to train our kids. The number one thing we're trying to train them to be as good restaurant patrons. And then everything else is secondary. Just be good at a restaurant because mommy and daddy like to chill on a Friday night with a martini and a steak. Sajatavaga. But you know those people that love babies? They love babies. How old is she? They must know the age. And what is your name? Oh, 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 oh. she likes that. She likes that. They always want to play. Then they give you a personal anecdote. I remember when mine were that age. Oh, do you? So you have kids or you're a grandparent and you can tell us that you remember? What a unique tale. Tell me more. I remember when my son, who's now 32, but I remember when he was just that small and he would always do that and fill his diaper with shit. And I go, okay, this story's so boring. Your son was once a baby and you go, and you want to know the age of mine? And then when do you leave? When do you just go away? Oh, I sound too cynical. This episode, I don't know. This is going to make me sound too negative. I'm going to get some texts. Hey, bruh, you okay? Thought you were on the benzodiazepines. Why you sound so cynical? I don't know. Maybe that's another side effect. I haven't had side effects, though. Let's all take a moment and celebrate that. No side effects. But... The bobbing in the swaying is pretty much gone. The bobbing in the swaying is pretty much gone. That sounds right and it doesn't sound wrong. The bobbing and the swaying are pretty much done. No, gone. Why did I say done? Shit. Take two. I'm trying to rhyme over here. I think I like when kids get to one and a half or two. That's when I'm really like, oh, cute. Like when I go pick my four-year-old up. Year-old up. At daycare, at preschool. Then I go, oh, cute, cute, cute. Okay, cute. Toddlers, cute. But babies, when I drop my eight-month-old off at her daycare, I'm just like, ugh, God, what is this? What is this toxic zone of sniffles? What is this germ-filled room of farts? 
I'm good. Okay, have a good day. <laughs> all right. Do we need all these hipster covers? All these great songs from the 60s and 70s, 80s and 90s. Do we need all these hipsters to cover all these songs? And most of them are kind of good, right? I'm not being negative. Most of these covers of songs that we've heard the original back in the days of good folk or indie rock or 90s rock when all 90s singers said, Hurrup! you remember that? When all 90s rock bands had a front man who said, Hurrup! 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 If you were the front man of a 90s rock band, that was a lyric. And I told you, Hurrup! You know, you always had to have that Eddie Vedder, like I'm singing right into my lips. Hurrup. Not opening my mouth wider. I'm not opening my mouth wider. Hurrup. But the covers, not enough, enough hipsters. You got your Pabst blue ribbon and your flannel, and you grew a very unique mustache, and you got your laptop at a coffee house, and oh, you just look perfect out of central casting. But I heard Graceland covered. You don't need to cover Paul Simon. Let me just say that right now. You don't need to do it. You want a taste? I'll give you a taste. And guess what? It's pretty good, but still, we don't need it. It just sounds too emotional. It sounds kind of like a whiner. Does he even know about Graceland? You answer that question. Well, the Mississippi Delta is shining like a national guitar. I'm following the highway down the river through the cradle of the Civil War. I'm going to Graceland, Graceland, Memphis, Tennessee. I'm going to Graceland. Poor boy pilgrims with families and we are going to Graceland. All right, all right, all right, buddy. You going to Graceland? Shut it up. This is the part where I say, where's the originality? I love a lot of covers. I do, but doesn't it seem like there's more than ever just popping up? Every song's getting covered. Every song's getting covered. By an emotional guy with an acoustic nylon string guitar at a coffee house. By the way, I googled hipster. I'm not trying to be naive. I never really knew the definition. It's so perfect. It's so funny. Let me give it to you straight from Wikipedia. Oh my God, you're going to love this. Hipster from Wikipedia. Here's exactly what it says. All right. Hipster subculture that is defined by claims to authenticity and uniqueness, yet ironically is notably lacking in authenticity and conforms to a collective style. The subculture embodies a particular ethic of consumption that seeks to commodify the idea of rebellion or counterculture. Fashion is one of the major markers of hipster identity. Members of the subculture typically do not self-identify as hipsters. Ha 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 ha. They think they're so unique and there is the irony. This is actually the opposite of unique. Shape my mustache like this. Get the flannel like that. Talk about hoppy beers with my friends. Reminisce about the Obama days. Discuss that Airbnb near Yosemite. 
You know the hipsters. It's like the opposite of a movement. It's not a bold movement. Just a bunch of people drinking the same beer, wearing the same clothes. And now making covers of songs that don't need to be covered. Hey, Josh, maybe take five. Come back next week, a little more positivity. All right, you want positivity? I'll give you some positivity. I'll give you a Valentine's Day song that I improvised with my daughter the other day on Valentine's Day. A loving holiday where we get to focus on what we love. So because I love her, well, then I'll play a loving song that was made up as we went. So let's sing a song about candy, babies, unicorns, princesses, Valentine's Day, and hearts, okay? Uh-huh. Okay, let's do it. Here we go. cutesy yeah i think so too cutesy but i guess if you made it this far i mean you made it deep into this one then this is the type of bullshit you'll be subjected to i'm done i'm done where's my clonazepam i'm done all right that's episode 174 that's in the books i'll talk to you soon (laughs) 